This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey there, this is Chris. Uh, hello. I am Jesse. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jesse. Excellent, how are buddy. you doing? I'm I'm great. I'm I'm doing. Steve, you really... doing all right? Not, you yeah. know. Can't complain. Yeah, I feel like life's getting busy, which is probably a good thing. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Kind of kind of old and tired too. My back yeah. hurts. You know, any, any anything else you want to complain about? Used to be. <laughs> once I feel like once we're once we're past Northeast GSA. There you go. It's a regional conference where we're presenting some stuff. Yeah. So the, any any of our listeners out there going to the Geological Society of America conference, stop by uh, Jesse's poster. Yeah. Good Jesse's one. Is that next week? Couple. Two two weeks, not next weekend, but the following. Correct. Two weeks. The 20, 20, 21st, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. You find yourself in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Swing on by. God's country. Say hello. Amish country. Amish, Amish country. country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should, should be fun. Should be. Yeah. It's always, they're, they're great. They're, they're, it's always good to be the first time been to a gathering in a long time three years, years. Three, two years three years because it got canceled in 2020 so three years for this particular conference in person i refer to it as a gathering i just want to say they're not affiliated with the juggalos this is purely <laughs> not painting your face for this one ge- geology related yeah <laughs> nice uh, yeah if you want to stop on by and drink a fago though we can there you go you should go and dress up as your favorite historical geologist <gasps> i like it like, go up like dressed as like nick steno my like, i do everybody gets it i i always say <laughs> i really wish i could do more field work in a three-piece wool suit <laughs> like good yeah i mean number one first you should buy a three-piece wool suit yeah and then B, do field work in it. For, come on down to Georgia. We'll come on down to Brunswick. Oh, Let me do some field work. Oh, even take my trash cans down to the curb without getting myself dirty. I can't I mean, imagine what a what a a field suit would look like I, after like I, ten minutes. I break a sweat walking up three flights of stairs. <laughs> yeah, li- you know. Listen, Chuck Lyell was working at the same site that we were working at. Yeah, that's true. It. He had a three eighteen hundreds. What do you think he was wearing? Probably a three-piece suit. Right, three those old-timey top hat, maybe. Probably those yeah. old-timey, like I don't know, boots or dress shoes. Can you imagine the blisters? The blisters. I bet you they were nice, handmade, supple leather shoes. They probably were broken. Yeah, handmade. Yeah. They don't make them like they used to. No That's the takeaway here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're going to be talking about it. haberdasheries today and uh, <laughs> yeah. cobblers. <laughs> yeah, we should have. Yeah, we should have talked a little more about uh, mercury poisoning and Mad Hatters. Ah, perhaps we, we could save our, that for the next one. Yeah, when I, we did our dangerous minerals. Poison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking today about, Chris? Well, we're not talking about dangerous minerals, but uh, dangerous lakes. Oh. Well, I'm, you know, I've been to a few dangerous lakes in my day. Fun, you know, fun fact. This guy swam in Lake Erie pretty much every summer in the 1980s. Yeah, he's that got was, a good, that was probably dangerous. Good healthy glow, <laughs> but, but the, not that, in 1996 because it was just too cold. Too cold that summer. It was 1994, too cold. 1994. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Part. Yeah. What a Camp Crystal Lake. Also yeah. a deadly lake. That is also a very deadly lake. Yes. Good pull. But I don't think we're talking about Lake Erie or Camp Crystal Lake. (laughs) What? Where are we? Take us, paint a picture of where we are in the world today. Sans Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a little uh, 
mental field trip to Cameroon for today's episode. Beautiful West West Africa. Africa. West Africa. We're going to talk about Lake Neos today. That's a, it's a good one. I mean, it's a good one. So we were just talking about this before the, before the episode started. So Lake Neos is a, um, I guess a volcanically linked lake. Yeah. You call it a crater lake, right? Crater lake. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. It's a deep, deep lake. It's uh, like 800 feet deep or so. Wow. Wow. I didn't, I did not know that. I didn't know it was that deep either. Yeah. It goes down Um, there a little bit. And, um, so this lake has a little bit of a history behind it. Um, like we said, it's a, it's a deadly lake. So let's um, take a little trip down memory lane in 1986. Do you guys got the date where we had a little issue happen with this lake? Yes, it was uh, 20, the 21st of August. August 21st, 1986. Um, there was an entire village... Uh, was it uh, something right on the lake there? I forget. Um, trying to find the name. Saboon, I think, is is the the one village. There was a couple of villages, but okay, yeah, yeah. And basically, a lot of people died really fast as a result uh, from things that happened inside this lake. I like this. I, I was uh, doing some research for this podcast, and there's a Smithsonian article that I I was reading. And it said on the night, it starts off on the night of the apocalypse. So it's like, all right, this, this is going to be a good one. All right. Um, there's some, okay, this, this, we got some nutty stories with, uh, with today's episode, but um, essentially just started people, animals, everything just started keeling over surrounding this lake. Um, the story goes, people heard this rumbling sound, like a thunder sound. Hmm. And then people just started just kind of like plopping down like they uh they got ready for bed actually it was i believe it was in the evening or so and they're just kind of they heard like a weird rumbling sound and they were just kind of some people had accounts you're getting tired and just just kind of got ready for bed um and then that evening a lot of people died so it was like what the question is what is this rumbling sound and what oh also eyewitness accounts also noted that the leak which is a normally like a you know nice crystal clear or like blue color turned red. And then uh, the next morning they started discovering the bodies all around the lake. People keeled over, cattle keeled over. Uh, a lot of the people in this in, in the towns surrounding Lake uh, Neos were uh, you know like small time farmers. And livestock dead everything they said that even when they found the bodies there weren't even flies on the dead bodies the flies were dead too oh that's crazy everything died what could have killed what what could this have been this is uh 1800 people i believe is that the right correct number died uh close enough yeah close enough around 1746 okay there you go Um, And, and a couple thousand livestock cattle and, mm-hmm. and whatnot which is a huge deal because that's the food source for the remaining living people yeah 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 all dead what could have caused this so well if it turned red i'm assuming the gates of hell opened yeah that's Am exactly I- what it, well I, I gotta we well we can talk about this other story about that but, uh kind of some folklore in the area there were some uh there was some folklore about about this lake and about ghosts being associated with this lake. And, you know, sometimes with folklore, with, uh, with, you know, kind of passed down word, the actual story that's told is not true, but there are some true elements to the story. Yeah. Little nuggets of truth to it. Well, yeah. yeah, Folklore is rooted in, in these, yeah, this storytelling tradition. Yeah. So, um, you guys, it's kind of a. Did you guys, by any chance, come across the story about the the folklore about the ghosts? In no, I'm on. I'm really excited. Yeah, I, did, I did not. Story. I love folklore. This is, this is right off the. Okay, so we didn't even talk yet about how these people died, but uh, the story goes that there was. Um, let's see if I can remember this correctly. There was a, a person that was basically 
parting parting the lake. He was able, he had superpowers or something like that. He was able to part the lake, just like Moses parted the Red Sea, right? Ooh. People people ran into the the portion of the lake that was um, opened up, and I swear to God, this is what this this is what this says. A mosquito bit this person on his testicle and it distracted him <laughs> and the lake poof, swooshed in and killed everybody. Oh, so uh, did, did he survive? He survived because but, of the mosquito. Oh, he was distracted by the mosquito. Yeah. So. That's, <laughs> that's that, an interesting tale. That'll do it. That will, that, that will cause your ghost you. question mark. <laughs> yeah. That will, yes. <laughs> okay, so it probably wasn't you know errant mosquitoes. It wasn't the gates of hell. So, uh, you know, uh, you had the rumbling sound. That's our one line of evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. Ghost stories. That's another line of evidence. Lake the lake turning red. Yep. So. At first, it was a it was a giant mystery. What could have killed these people, and this like you know ship eight, nearly eighteen hundred people in this uh, in this town done. Um, so also, this wasn't the first time this happened in the area. Two years before this happened, there was another uh, nearby lake, uh, Lake Manown. Uh, similar thing happened, but it was, it was a smaller village along that lake where just. People, people just started dying and then they had all these like crazy accounts. People would, people were going into that area, finding these dead bodies and feeling like all dizzy and kind of going to this like trance like state. Um, that, that lake, just to, to, to give a, a tantalizing clue here is also part of the same volcanic field. Mm, the Oku volcanic field. Yeah. It's a volcanic swell in um the plateau of cameroon mm. so just, just throwing that out there no reason so some geologists went in there and started to kind of investigate the area and couldn't find anything no evidence of any volcanic eruptions there was nothing nothing to be found no evidence except one person took a a, a water sample from the lake a deep, a deep water sample and capped, capped the water. And what happened was pop, the cap blew off. <laughs> the water was filled with carbon dioxide and the carbon dioxide was escaping. That's what, that's what caused that, that yeah, cap just, to pop off. Just like a soda. Just exactly, yeah. exactly. Just, just like soda. So we found out, you realized, come to the conclusion, this lake is filled with carbon dioxide. And that was the culprit. That's what happened. So there were a couple different hypotheses or there's a couple different, you know, no one knows exactly what's going on with this lake, what the source, I guess they have an idea of what's going on. Like I shouldn't have said, let me rephrase that. They don't know what the precise source of the carbon dioxide is. Is it from, uh, magmatic magmatic activity like beneath the lake or is it from um, uh, the weathering down of rocks uh, in the area being the source for carbon dioxide it's you know but whatever's happening there is a lot of carbon dioxide that's being that's being channeled into this lake and, and uh, sorry I don't want to interrupt okay. you. you're on your flow I was gonna say normally carbon dioxide, just bubbles to the surface mm-hmm. and gets carried away by the wind. But it, it built up in this lake. Do you know why? Because of the climate, right? Yeah, it's it's what we would call a, a meromictitic lake. Okay. Which, which means it's stratified. And so you have these layers <clears throat> um, that don't mix. And they're they're oftentimes caused by temperature and things like that, where you get Differing layers, especially if if it's like a low energy lake, um, you, you can get temperature inversions or things things of that nature. Um, and they they think this lake is is pretty stratified. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if the gases, you know, they build up in one of these layers, um, 
they get trapped, say at depth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, so it's just like uh, at depth, you you have increased pressure, mm-hmm. and so just with like a bottle of soda, bottle of Coke or whatever you got, your favorite carbonated beverage, do um, have a serious Coke problem. We Jesse's been it's been documented. He's had at, at one point <laughs> <laughs> serious Coke Coca Cola problem. Coca Cola. Um, had one today, 20 ounces. 20 ounces to freedom. That's what I say. Nice. 20 ounces of freedom? That's <laughs> yeah, 50% off. But um, <laughs> so carbon dioxide is able to stay dissolved in your in a in a liquid under pressure. Same thing with you know, it's a bottle of coke. And what happens is once you once you crack the seal, you hear that pss, that sound because it's under pressure. Gases are escaping from there, and that's all of a sudden once you crack the seal on your on your favorite fizzy beverage, you see the bubbles start coming up. Well, in this lake, what happens is the reason that it's a, the lake is able to stay stratified is because it's in a tropical climate. It's an equatorial lake. And normally, if it was just a, a bit further north or further south, you would get, um, you would get a flux in, in water temperature. So um, you would start to get, because of that temperature, the flux in water temperature, you would get mixing happening. And that's what Jesse was saying that normally, or was it, who said earlier? I'm sorry. I don't know. No, it was Jesse. <laughs> yeah. You got, you have seasons where the, you get the fluctuating temperature during seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and it can, it can mix up. And then the, the, the CO2 is, is released basically. You but can this, get these type of stratified lakes in very uh, high latitudes as well. Right. Where it, where it always stays cold. Yeah, yeah. Reduce seasonality. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we, you know, with seasonality, you could, you have say dense cold water at the bottom of the lake. And then during the summer, it's warm at the top and that you could get stratified layers that way with low density, warm water at the surface and cold, denser water at the bottom. But then during say the winter time, the, the water, the temperatures equalize a little more and you can get mixing in the layers, you know, cold surface waters can sink. And so you can get mixing that way. So mm-hmm. usually when you have seasonality, you can get, you can get mixing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So in places of reduced seasonality, you, you do see this occur. <clears throat> so something happened at this lake where, you get this this turnover and this release of carbon dioxide. Now, carbon dioxide is more dense than oxygen, and um, so what happens is it ends up uh, collecting in the in the the low lying areas. So, people in the lower lying areas were asphyxiated by carbon dioxide there wasn't enough oxygen and they were they were they were dying yeah the co2 essentially displaced the o2 Mm -hmm. and then with with co2 your blood just doesn't have enough oxygen in it to essentially make your body work so you 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 die of hypoxia hypoxia you, you die of lacks of oxygen. Asphyxiation. There you go. <laughs> uh, so here's some facts for you. Um, let's see. At high concentrations, uh, uh, okay, over here it is. Um, air that is 5% carbon dioxide can put out a candle and uh, car engines can't run at 5% carbon dioxide. Huh. Typical combustion engine. Yeah, because right, um, right now we're like standard temperature and pressure. You're at 400-ish parts per million. Yeah, um, it was 419 as of like three days ago. Yeah, so to put that in perspective. this on a daily basis? I, I do. I, I track it. I wanna, that a, but that's at Mauna Loa, I presume, correct? Yeah, which is, yeah, it gives you average global. Yeah, yeah so uh, norm, normally you're at 400-ish parts per million, 1% would be 10,000 parts per million. So oh, okay. we're nowhere near yeah. 1%. And yeah. you're talking about what, 3 to 5%? Is that what you said? At 5%, 5%. Uh, candles will get extinguished and uh, combustion engines will cease to work. At 10% carbon dioxide, people will hyperventilate, grow dizzy, and eventually lapse into a coma. At 30%, people gasp and drop dead. Yep. So we're dealing with some heavy concentrations of CO2. Yeah. Right now. And and people and plants and, and animals have been 
accustomed to a very specific level of of these different gases in the air. Like we can't tolerate much. Like the air is seventy eight percent nitrogen, mm-hmm. but if you if you up it by just a couple percent, people pass out. You know, just like Chris was saying with CO two. So it's you know it's not just CO two, but this it's no bueno if you start messing with this uh formula mm, yeah yeah we're very uh, you know uh much like you know growing up i always had uh i don't know not always but I, I had like you know pet fish and stuff like that and they're really finicky to like the the chemical conditions of the water ph and and, and stuff like that and but, you know, land animals like humans are very finicky to the atmospheric conditions. You know, you can only take so many, so very, a very small deviation of, of, um, you know, the, the gases in, in the atmosphere. And you're not, you're not meant for that. You know, you're not, not about for that stuff, basically. Yeah. So, we, I mean, humans, we, we thrive at a certain oxygen level and right now it's 21% of our atmosphere. And that's pushing sort of the upper limit of where we can thrive. We what have 27 is when oxygen spontaneously combusts or can combust. It can combust. Yeah. And so you, you figure like during the carboniferous, you had oxygen probably pushing 27, 28, 29. And so that's why you're getting like peat swamps that are catching fire and burning these ever wet areas that are actually smoldering and burning. I've heard stories of, of lightning strikes, like setting off forests, like to basically is just like combusting the atmosphere. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy time to be alive. Happy. <laughs> that's the, that's not today. Um, so anyways, if you get into ox, uh, the level, I'm sorry, not oxygen, uh, 30% carbon dioxide, like you're done ski, like game set and match. So, um, you know, this has been documented, but the Romans have documented um, carbon dioxide vents in Italy um, that have killed animals or, you know, people that have gone into these topographic depressions. And like I said, carbon dioxide is just, it's, uh, it's denser than oxygen. So it's going to, uh, it's going to collect in these low lying areas. So, um, you know, the, here's an interesting thing too. So that they, they figured out it was, it was carbon dioxide poisoning that killed these people. And uh, there was a count. Some people actually got lucky. They didn't die. They basically passed out into a coma for a day. I guess it would, I don't know if you want to say coma, but they basically passed out for a day, woke up and it's a little, a little gruesome, but there's accounts of some people woke up, found that everybody was dead around them. And then they committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah, like this is this is pretty. I mean, just imagine if you're with your family, you wake up, like you don't know what happens. Yep. Boom, you just you black out. You wake up, everybody's dead, and I guess just too much yeah. to handle for some people. Yeah. So, um, all right, here's a, here's the kicker for the story too. One of the geologists that was investigating this, uh, uh, his last name is Sigurdsson. He's from the University of Rhode Island. Um, was out there investigating this, but um. He had uh, just uh, just a little bit, or where is it? Uh, just, uh, a little bit before, a couple months before this um, uh, this this issue, uh, this situation happened in 1986, uh, the, the 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 Neos disaster. He submitted a journal article to the um, to Science talking about the possibilities of this. Right. He's basically saying like, yo, I, these, these, uh, these volcanic related lakes could release these like crazy amounts of CO2 and it could be a real problem. Right. And as you know, like science is like, that's like top of the line. If you get an article published in science, like that's, you're not, there's no more, there's no, there's no level above that. That's like, that's, you know, the most, one of the most prestigious, like science and nature are like the most prestigious journals to get your um, your research published in science rejected the paper and they said it was far-fetched um they they weren't buying it and so this you know the hypothesis this could happen was only it remained just known to just only a couple specialists and then a couple months later 
Neos did its thing. Um, so, uh, it's it's very similar in in the story about um, like the was it the fire commissioner or like a, a city worker in San Francisco a few years bef- before the 1906 earthquake, you know, put out a study saying like, we should have a gravity fed hydrant system because if an earthquake happened, it, it would rupture water lines. Mm. And if it's, you know, if it's pressure driven, the the system would fail you know one failure would fail it, w- it would fail everywhere whereas mm-hmm. if it was gravity driven you know a pipe breaks any you know, anywhere along the system the water is still going to flow downhill mm-hmm. and feed the other hydrants um, how about that yeah uh do you i just can we do you know why the lake turned red uh it was there's um from iron yeah so the there was the sediment is iron rich, and yeah. so sediment was you know brought up from the you know as it overturned. So the whatever caused the, the this saturated water from the deep to burp up to the surface, you know it comes up to the surface and it expands because the pressure drops. Um, yeah, and that, that's why it effervesces. But it, it brought all the sediment up from the deep, and the sediment mixed with oxygen rich surface waters and then oxidized all that iron rich sediment so is the is the hypothesis that there was some sort of like tremor or small ah, earthquake wow. or- well, i'm happy you asked that uh there's, there's no one knows for certain what caused this um this event to happen right um so we heard uh, the the accounts many uh, a lot of accounts for the people that survived said they heard rumblings right so one, one hypothesis is that um, there was a rock slide, uh, boulders crashing into the lake um, and uh, potentially caused the mixing of this and stirred it up and, and caused the release of the carbon dioxide. Um, there was an adjacent cliff that uh, along the side of Neos, Lake Neos, that showed signs of a of fresh rock slide. Um, one another another hypothesis which could have caused this was a, just like a random drop in air temperature that could have caused the surface water to cool and that would have sunk uh, and then that would have um, caused mixing uh, and then another one another hypothesis says that uh, strong strong winds could have set off waves that are uh, caused caused larger waves that could have mixed Ooh, the layers. Like uh, from wind, though. Well, yeah, no, I don't. You get that from the landslide, maybe. Yeah, from the landslide. Yeah, yeah. So no one, no, you know, no one really knows. There's no smoking gun to. The, I mean, there's a couple of smoking there's, guns, and there's some others too. Can I just name a few? Do it. Yeah, go ahead. What do you, well, what you got? Uh, one is that there was the potential that it was a small volcanic eruption. Oh, on the, okay. on the bed of the lake, and the other, which I kind of like is uh, there was a lot of uh, rain that fell and you have cool rainwater falling on one side of the lake that sank and sort of destabilized and created like this mixing from one side to the other, pushing the water Mm. down and up. Very cool. But yeah. Yeah, and so what you basically all you needed to do was just this, the deeper water, that had the the um, dissolved carbon dioxide in it. All you had to do is just bring it up, find some kind of mechanism to stir this thing around, bring it up to the surface, and then once it got close to the surface, the pressure decreased, and then just kind of yeah, you just took the lid off that soda, just exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. so, so before um, we get to the next point of our beautifully formatted outline here i'd like to thank our sponsor the formatting formula www.formattingformula.com or youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs for those who have listened you know that we talk about the formatting formula just about every week um can't say enough good things about them they can handle all of your word document formatting issues from I don't know, simple stuff like page numbers. They have videos on that all the way up to, you know, 
changing your headers and your footers and, and they can actually change your toolbars and stuff like that. And if you have super complex issues or even easy ones, um, what I do is I just drop them a line, say, Hey, the geology flannel cast said you can fix this for me and then they can fix it for you. So check them out, uh, leave them a comment, uh, tell them geology flannel cast sent you. And, uh, thanks again, formatting formula for being our wonderful sponsor. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so, so did you guys see about the, uh, the geyser with this thing? No, no, there was, yeah, they noticed that, uh, well, uh, a, a promontory uh, along the lake slot side had been stripped of vegetation to a, a height of 262 feet. And it's hypothesized that a uh, carbon dioxide driven water spout rocketed into the air. So 262 feet. That's wow. uh, that's pretty crazy. That's um, ridiculous. 26 yeah. story building, essentially. Yeah. Holy cow. So, yeah. All right. The explosion released a cloud of carbon dioxide, perhaps as much as a billion cubic yards. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I can't even picture it. I don't even know how to visualize that. I don't know what a billion cubic yards is. I mean, how many <laughs> elephants? How many African elephants? <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a billion cubic yards. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so can I talk about the geology real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in the oku volcanic field that we talked about um you know it, it's a crater lake so an explosion happened they th about the twelve thousand years ago um it's been volcanically active for millions of years uh this is after south america and africa actually split 110 million years ago so it is part of a rift zone not the east african rift zone but an old old the old old rift zone so there's still some tectonics uh going on associated with this um yeah just some fractures or thinning of the crust yeah exactly yeah the... just thinning of the crust yeah is what it what it says here it's the mebre rift valley m b e with an umlaut r e with an umlaut uh, crustal extension allowed magma to reach the surface. So, mm -hmm. um, through Cameroon, yep, Mount Cameroon lies on this fault line. Uh, Lake Nyos is surrounded by old lava flows and pyroclastic deposits. So, um, makes sense. There's still uh, magma beneath the lake. I guess they know this from geophysics now. Um, so 80 kilometers directly below the lake reside a pool of magma, which released carbon dioxide gas and other gases is what they're saying here. So, uh, um, hmm. yep. Pretty cool. I didn't read anything about the geyser though. That's pretty, no, that's really nuts. So what do they do about it now? Well, um, so, where it got out and was like, yo, we need to do something here um, because this is a real potential problem. Um, so potential, it just killed 1700 people. Well, a potential future problem. Yeah. No, it's yeah. confirmed. I, okay. You're right. You're right. I should <laughs> say. Um, so they are immediately after that, uh, like the, the, the Cameroon government was just like, they didn't, they didn't know what to do. Um, so Install fans. <laughs> it's, well, now that we, we know that, but they didn't, they didn't know. They didn't know. Uh, so there are fears that the lake could erupt again. The military um, ordered out, uh, ordered an evacuation for 4,000 people. Uh, get the hell out of here, basically. Um, so, Upon further testing, they realized, yes, okay, confirmed, this is carbon dioxide, and this thing is still accumulating in the lake at an alarming rate. Um, so if we don't do anything, they, they were worried that by the end of the year, NEOS could basically have this carbon dioxide eruption again, okay? 
even before this, like this, this moment, like even before it was like, like saturated with carbon dioxide, they, 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 they were worried that within a year it could, it could do the same thing again. So, okay. There was a couple, I like this. There's a couple of ideas on how to, um, how to potentially solve this problem. Uh, number one, uh, we could blow out the carbon dioxide out of the lake by dropping bombs in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too <That's>, dangerous. <laughs> that's like the class. That's like a Hollywood style yeah. solution. Just I know how to it. fix it. Nook it. Yeah, we'll just right? Blow up the building and block the lava flow. <laughs> um they the the uh, another option dumping massive quantities of lime that could neutralize the gas uh that was going to be too expensive for the uh the government of cameroon uh digging tunnels in the lake bed to drain the gas laden bottom waters uh way too expensive (laughs) so all right let's figure out a way to just vent this out all right so and this is what they actually ended up settling on, running a pipe from the lake's uh, deepest water to the surface, all right? And if we could just gradually dis, uh, disperse or dissipate this gas uh, and keep it in levels in the atmosphere, the, the local atmosphere, that's, that's harmless, all right? And um, so once they, once they set up this, um, basically this pipe, it would. It was going to carry pressurized water and shoot it into the air like a natural geyser, and basically make a controlled, a controlled explosion and just keep on venting out the carbon dioxide. Um, some people weren't too sure about this. Uh, There's a little bit of a, a debate, like, is this going to work, or, uh, um, you know? And then ultimately, it came down to money. So. Um, they, they tested it out in 1990 um, and they, they kept on running mod, like, you know, uh, doing larger and larger tests. And then um, the government of Cameroon ran out of money and they said uh, it was going to need two to $3 million for a permanent uh, degassing installation, they called it. And uh, so we can't do this. We don't have the money. This is just, uh, this ain't, this ain't going to work out. Um, so, in 1999, finally, uh, 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 four years later, the United States Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance, the OFDA, um, gave $433,000 for, for, for a permanent pipe to be installed at Nios, Lake Nios there. Um, so they... Uh, they had a 5.7 inch diameter pipe and it went uh, 666 feet down to the deepest above part of the, uh, to the deepest water layer. That's a fitting number. 666 feet oh. for uh, the death lake. Ooh. I like the 5.7 inches. Yeah. <laughs> America. We're not going to say it's metric. <laughs> good boy. It's a good point. Um, they set it up and uh, had everything. And then after they turned it on, they uh, they activated it and they released a 180 foot spray of water shooting out of the out <laughs> of the out of off the surface of the lake at 100 miles an hour. Whoa. And the degassing that's how they uh, started to degas uh, Lake Neos. So yeah, and they but actually they still needed bigger pipes. It was basically long story short that that wasn't big enough. Yeah, there's they, too much carbon dioxide. They put two more in in 2014, 2011. So that, that was in 2001. And they mm-hmm. put two more in. And they've actually just realized the two new ones they put in, not only are they big enough to handle it, uh, they only needed one. And Oh, they did only need one. Well, they yeah, they put in two, but they only needed one. <clears throat> and they found that just giving this pathway, they've by I think 2019 they reached a stability where they degassed it enough mm-hmm. that now it, it, with this pathway it, it it degasses naturally that they actually could power down the the they don't even have to power it anymore. Oh, okay, oh, really? it'll just okay. it'll have enough energy on its own to yeah, they, degas. They, they had degassed whatever was built up. And um, now it's just naturally 
with that pathway degassing. Neat. Ah, gotta love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. Yeah. After the second or third plan, but still. <laughs> so, do you have do you have anything else to add? I've got something here. Yeah. Go ahead. Can I keep on going. Well, I was gonna say we we so this was it was devastating and it was very bad, and but it it did get folks thinking about how lakes can can have these what we would call limnic eruptions uh-huh. and so in in um in on the border of uh congo and rwanda which is part of the east african rift there's a lake called lake kivu which is one of those sort of great you know rift valley lakes that you find in, the, in that part of the world Mm-hmm. Um, super deep as well, fifteen almost sixteen hundred feet at its max. Um, deep lake, eighteenth deepest by maximum, and nineteenth the ninth deepest by the average depth. Average depth of seven hundred feet. Wow! So top ten. Um, but they've they found that it, it's got a lot of not only carbon dioxide, but a lot of methane actually as well. Mm. And so there's, there's evidence of it erupting. Um, I'm trying to find exactly when a couple thousand years ago. So, yeah. So, so the, the methane, is this the one that the, um, the, the miners and there's a mine nearby and, and it ignited. I, oh, I don't, I don't know about that, but it, it definitely, they actually, there's so much methane, they extract it for export. Um, oh, okay. Oh, wow. But um, oh, I just lost, I had, so there, but there, there's evidence of basically a localized extinction event uh, within the, the sedimentary layers that they, that, the, that is thought to be from one of these eruptions, um, you know, in, in Eastern, in, sorry, in, yeah, in Eastern Africa, in the Rift Valley here, you, you deal with these things and the, there's a Swahili word for this called mazuku, which means evil wind. And that's where you get these pockets of carbon dioxide that are coming up from these, from the magma in the, in the Rift Valley. And that they settle in the low lying areas. So in these little, in these little swales and the topography and uh, it can kill livestock or, or even humans. If they walk in, they can become overwhelmed. Mm. You see it in mammoth mountain in California too. We, okay. we don't call them mazukus, but you get areas right around mammoth Lake that are actually deforested because there's so much CO2 in the soil that it's killing the trees and on mammoth mountain itself, every once in a while in sort of the little valleys, you'll have a skier that'll fall in like a little snow cave or a snow well and, and actually die from, um, from being overwhelmed by carbon dioxide that settles, you know, mammoth Lake, usually the, the CO2 gets carried away by the wind. It just, it, it dissipates it, but every once in a while, and then even further back, we have evidence of this. There's, it's called the Messel Pit, which is in Germany. It's in, um, it's near the village of Messel. It's this quarry, it's a disused quarry. And um, it actually almost became a, uh, a landfill, but it, it's, it's one of these, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site now because it's a Lagerstadt. So it's a death, there's a big death assemblage there. Oh yeah, and yeah, and it's thought that during the Eocene, it was it was one of these, you know, outlet because there's evidence there's sediment, the sedimentary layers show that it it was probably a lake, and within the pit itself you find uh, an enormous amount of of fossils. This big death assemblage, ten thousand different fish. Whoa. Um, turtles yeah jeez yeah large number of birds all sorts of crocodiles and frogs and turtles um it looks to be here 
for a, there's like two dozen different mammals species sort of crazy how much you find in the slogger stock and what was that mm. 50 million years ago is that what you said eocene which was during the eocene 35 let's say 50 to 30 let's say like yeah. 55 yeah. to 33 i think is something the, like that yeah um so we do have evidence of this and you know this it's this you know a mixture of of these you know carbon monoxide and and methane and sometimes you get hydrogen sulfide you get sulfur deposits it, you know so it comes you know in, in these cases in africa it's volcanics but you can get them naturally from breaking down organic material as well uh i don't know the time where we are in the episode but let's just call it here because in coal mining this is what's called white damp <laughs> coal uh, mine so if you're playing the flannel cast drinking game yeah that's <laughs> it right now yeah okay. i mean that's you know that's almost an hour in buddy i waited a while here to <laughs> yeah you're really that one yeah i'm sorry so wait what'd you so what'd you say about coal you, you i mean these like these gases carbon dioxide and whatnot in coal mines it's what's called white damp White damp. White damp. Huh. Yep. Your knowledge of coal and coal mining is I'm just telling you. <laughs> it could it could be never pretty... ceases to amaze me. Well, yeah. You might want to find a new hobby or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised like you don't show up for these podcasts with black soot on your face. Just not that you're coal mining, but you're just such a fan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I got the black lung pop. <laughs> uh, but I would like to give a shout out and kudos to Jesse for doing this entire podcast while holding a two month old. She's been remarkably uh, and uh, she enthralled, I think is the word. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to your little, your little daughter there for, um, being very quiet and, yeah she's uh, been fantastic yeah yeah when she listens to this 20 years from now be like yeah that was me <laughs> what was it what did uh what did sarah say should put the baby if you're doing the podcast it'll put the baby to sleep yeah, or yeah. It'll, it'll keep the baby asleep yeah mm. Mm. yeah i don't i i mean i don't i think this is a very riveting podcast and i don't think that it uh Induces narcolepsy at all, right? No. <laughs> yeah. No. But anyways, you should be riveted the whole time. On the edge of your seat, we're talking about just uh, lakes, killer lakes, taking out entire villages, people die. Just imagine. Let's let's go back to this. Waking up a day later and just realizing that everybody around you is dead. Like, nope. Ugh. No thanks. Yeah, it's that's straight up. It's like, like the opening scene from The Walking Dead. Yeah, like I'm thinking like Quentin Tarantino territory right yeah. there. You know, like that's Waking that's Dead, a, The Walking Dead. Sorry, walking. The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just how lucky is that person to wake up after that? Like after just being out for a day? Like that's crazy. <sighs> I guess. Lucky, maybe it's like a know. gift and a curse, man. Like. I okay. I see. You just you, woke I see up you. and everybody you know is dead. Yeah, it sounds terrible, but at least you woke up. I get what you're saying. Depends yeah. on you know. Yeah. Are you glasses half full that day or not? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, it's tough to be on that day like that. The, the crazy thing must just be like, like people, like people are going into that village and like just there's they they were saying like there's no birds chirping. Just. It's yeah, no, probably silence. no, no crickets, no bugs, no nothing, nothing, nothing. silence, you know, um, that's gotta be eerie. Yeah. 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 That's, um, you know, there's uh, I was, I was just got done reading this book about, uh, volcanoes and one of the things we're talking about these, these volcanologists were, uh, I believe it was in Africa as well, but they're in the, the, um, the East African Rift Valley and, they started to know that they were looking at walking around a lake and they started to notice just a bunch of dead birds and a bunch of dead animals around the, the perimeter of the lake. And they go, and they started to feel a little lightheaded and they go, Holy crap. We got to get out of here. This huh. is, 
this is this is not good. This is this is a sign of carbon dioxide collecting collecting at this lake. I don't remember off the top of my head what what lake they were talking about. Smart, but, um, they're smart people for recognizing that. They recognize and they started to realize, like, oh, I'm getting a little lightheaded right now. You know, oh, feeling a little woozy. loopy. We need to GTFO right now. Like this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Africa's got some really, uh, really wild volcanoes too. What's the the carbonatite volcano? Um, uh, Old Damayo or, or yeah, what is that one? Uh, is that the one that, that like glows blue? Yeah, yeah. or black? Yeah. It's black, right? Is it sodium? Is that what causes it? What causes? Oh, I think I think uh, carbonatite. Was... So what? Yeah, is... carbonatite. Is, I think yeah. it is carbonate. I, I want to say it was something. It's the only carbonate. one in the world. Yeah. Oh. Um, all Doño Lingai huh. in Tanzania. Huh. Carbonatite. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's uh, carbonatite is a uh, type of intrusive or uh, type of intrusive uh, or extrusive igneous rock uh, where it consists of greater than 50% carbonate minerals. So uh, yeah, this this volcano in uh, Tanzania is the only one in the world that has this comp- composition. Very cool. Maybe we could uh, spend a whole episode on it. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could do a whole episode on uh, on this on this this volcano. It's uh, very very interesting. Um, so uh, I've been told it's it's hard to get to the volcano. You need to have like special permits from the government to get up there. But it's a very active volcano, and uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. I feel like people are idiots, and sometimes they just need to be told like, "Nope, it's a active volcano. Stay away." <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, oh, it has really. Co- oh, that's, that's the other thing about this volcano is that. It has the coldest lava in the world. The lava is between 500 and 600 degrees C. Oh, yeah. Just put on an extra pair of socks. It'd be good. We, we <laughs> should discuss the, the relative use of the term cold. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, you're I, not, I mean, it's not, that's not hot enough to melt quartz. Yeah. No. We're going to no, go back to a good friend of the podcast, Norwin Bowen and his, and uh, his uh, reaction series. That guy. That guy. Yeah. What has he done lately, though? <laughs> I think he's decaying because he's dead right now. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. I... <laughs> he... I don't know. I don't know. When, when did he die? I don't really know too much. When, uh, when, when did his reaction series 18... come out? Early 1900s? I was going to say either the 1800s or the. No. Yeah. So I want to say Bowen was at Yale when Meyer was at Yale. How old is Myers? <laughs> hey, Dr. Myers is pretty old, but you know, uh, Meyer was at Yale in the 60s. So let me see. Norman L. Bowen. Um, he this is early 1900. 1956. Yeah. Oh, all right. That was way off. Way off. Hmm. But was he at Yale? That was his uh, no, I, no, he was. Uh, Queens University in Ontario, and he did his PhD at MIT. Oh. There is someone Bauma, maybe you're thinking. Uh, nah. right, Bauma was at LSU for a little bit, I think. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're uh, yeah uh, we're we're we're, we're yeah we're digressing. Bauma so that yeah, turbidites. What was he thinking? So uh, yeah, Lake Nyos. If you uh. Just uh, I, I wouldn't go near it. Although it it should be pretty inert now, but I'm not going to lie, I'd still figured tread out, lightly. Figured out the uh, the cause of the uh, the apocalypse, and um, but could you imagine like pre like if you if that would have happened like 500 years ago, <laughs> you would have gone right to like demons or oh god like, yeah you know that's where I went. I mean mosquitoes to the groin. Mosquitoes to the groin. That's the first place <laughs> the lake, I would have went. The lake turning red and everybody dying. Yes. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a man like, of that's, science. That's and I'd some be like, Bible nope, stuff I don't there, know what's you know? going on here, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um yeah, so that's Lake Nios for you. 
So what do you guys think? You guys think the the rumbling sound was the little landslide or just like the, what could have been the geysers too, I guess the gurgling of the water. And well, that's the thing. It's just too, there's not enough information to really discern. Yeah. Was that, was that the cause or was that the result? And you're going to take uh, the, the count of the person that passed out for a day and, uh, you know, woke up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe it's fine. You know, maybe they remember everything, but, uh, I mean, it makes actually you they ho- probably would remember everything. Right. I mean, well, there's no trauma halluc- or anything. Doesn't it make you hallucinate? Well, isn't that the whole thing with the Oracle Delphi? Oh, uh, yeah. I thought that was methane though. Yeah. Was that methane? Yeah. What was the Oracle Delphi smoking? <laughs> Meth- methane. Yeah. Methane. It was just, uh, and it wasn't smoking. It was just coming out of the rocks. Yeah, if the oracle respirating smoked methane they wouldn't be around long <laughs> try to light it that's a good point it's a very good point okay okay <laughs> i was saying that to be silly but um yeah well so the methane if you breathe in enough methane you can start to hallucinate I guess, that, but, I you're essentially depriving your brain of oxygen and then your brain does goofy stuff okay I mean, your brain does because the thing at Delphi was a there was a fault, right? That was channeling the the gases, fissures in the bedrock. Yeah. Um, Hydrocarbon gases from bituminous limestone probably brought uh, brought on the trances for the Oracle of Delphi. Ethylene also. Ethylene. Yeah, ethylene, which is also used as an anesthesia. Huh. Maybe that was it too. A little um, benzene. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, no bueno. You don't want to start huffing that stuff. You'll think you're Rasputin. And people try to kill you, and it won't happen. Sorry. That's a that's that a, a that's a callback from before the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> our listeners like to the next point. If you would love to hear all of our other uh, interesting stories that we yeah. have before and after the podcast, you can become a Patreon member. If you really like the podcast and want to help us out, uh, you go to patreon.com slash geology flannelcast. Um, you have a couple different tiers of, of membership there. Um, thank you to all of the Patreon friends that have sponsored the podcast and uh Help keep the lights on here at the Geology Filecast. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the heck out of you guys. Yeah. Um, and if you really, really like the podcast, you can become a Topaz member and we will dedicate a whole podcast episode to you. Whatever you want. Almost whatever you want. Yeah. Within reason. <laughs> within reason. Within reason. Um, but yeah. Uh, or uh, you go to geologyfilecast.com. We got some merch on there. Got some coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, all that stuff. Um, if you do have some flannel cast stickers, uh, send in some, uh, some pictures of your, uh, your stickers at your favorite geology outcrop. We'll post it on our Instagram account. Um, so uh, we've got an Instagram account. We're on the Facebook, all that fun stuff. So hit us up. Yeah. You can send us questions at geologyflannelcast.com. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a, a listener question episode pretty soon. So yeah, we got uh, we got a flurry of emails over the last couple of months. So, of excellent, excellent topic suggestions. So can't wait to dive into them. Yeah, yeah. So um, get those get those in, and um, that's about it. You gentlemen have anything else you'd like to add? No, no. <laughs> well, now if you didn't. This is for the uh, the real the real hardcore listeners that listen to <laughs> at this point of the show. If you made it to this point in the show, you know what we're going to ask Jesse right now. Yes, this, this is, is what this is what keeps him hanging on until the very end. This is it. This is why you know I don't care about these these lakes that we just got done talking about for the last hour. I I was just thinking like, what song? I'm trying to right think now? of a different one, but the only one that came to my head and stuck in my head. And it's going to be, uh, it's kind of dark, but uh, take my breath away. Oh, (laughs) And I, yeah. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) Really wanted to come up with something different there. But Uh, you have it. I've, 
on that note, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> that is the genius behind Mr. Jesse Thornburg. Oh, uh, so. Goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Here's to waking up tomorrow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> really aiming high there. Really took a dark turn. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have a great night, everyone. Yeah. Take my breath away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.